Welcome to this week's edition. Well, this week. How about just a Sports Block Podcast SDSU Jackrabbit edition? One we haven't done for quite some time. And one that uh, very well could be the last. We'll see what happens here with the Jackrabbit Podcast edition going forward here. Of course, we'll always talk SDSU sports on the Sports Block Podcast, but. Uh, with uh, with Noah around, things it just gets a little more more difficult to do a couple of these podcasts here a week. But uh, we got a good show for you today. Appreciate you listening. Uh, Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader will join me to just recap the basketball seasons, and that's really what what we're here for. Um, it's just to look back, and of course, I mean it, it was it's always awesome seeing the Jackrabbits in the NCAA tournament. Yet again, the the men got so close, and then just a couple of bad plays, and it ultimately doomed them. They lose to uh, Ohio State, eighty-one to seventy-three, out up there in Boise. It was a, a tight game, tied forty-three at the half. Really, Ohio State came out, shot a bunch of threes early on. SDSU dared them to do that. They didn't want to get beat inside with uh, Kata Bates D up, and. You know, Ohio State was knocking down a lot of threes, and that I think that was a little bit of a a little bit of a surprise that they were able to knock as many threes down as they did. SDSU wasn't taking nearly as many threes by comparison, but yeah, we were tied forty three at the half, and then the second half began, and Ohio State used a sixteen zero run at one point here. It just kind of snowball effect there for the Jacks, but they came back, battled back. Brandon Key was sensational here. I don't know if we'll ever see another game like that. Maybe. Maybe we'll see what he can do next year uh, alongside David Jenkins Jr. and hopefully Mike Dom. But uh, he played great, and SDSU tied the game up at 70, only then to give up a three-pointer and a foul on the very next possession, Ohio State would convert the four-point play. They take a 74-70 lead, and SDSU would not be able to battle back. So tough loss uh, for SDSU. I think yeah, we obviously again great to see them in the NCAA tournament, but we want to see a win, and uh, I know they do as well. But we believe Mike Dom's going to come back. That would be very good news for SCSU. And with the with the news coming out of USD that Craig Smith is no longer the head coach there and he is taking the Utah State job, uh, we'll see what happens with the USD program. If he's not there, SDSU has a pretty, pretty nice road, I would say, to winning another championship uh, and get to the NCAA tournament, which would be great. We want to see Mike Dom win. One there, so that was tough, uh, tough to uh, tough to see, and even more, uh, it was also difficult to see the women lose the way they did against Villanova. I think a lot of people thought SDSU was going to get a fairly high seed based on their RPI and who they'd beaten in the non-conference. Well, I don't think many people were expecting to see an eight seed and then have to play potentially play Notre Dame in the second round. Granted, there's familiarity between the two programs, having played a home-and-home series here a couple years ago. But it's still just like one of those things where you say, oh, man, why can't SCSU get an 11 seed, let's say? Uh, Or, you know, God forbid, a 6. I mean, that wasn't going to happen. But an 11 seed, you'd be able to beat a 3 seed. You'd be able to get... Potentially or beat the six seed, potentially beat a three seed, potentially get to the Sweet Sixteen. 
Having said that, though, I thought that SDSU was going to breeze by Villanova, and Villanova in that first quarter just came out blitzing, and they hit a ton of threes, and it was a a three-point barrage, and I don't think SDSU was prepared for that, and they had to fight all game long just to get back and have a chance to win. Madison Giebert shot there at the end of regulation to tie the game and force overtime is a shot I will not soon forget. I don't think, for, you know, for those who did watch the game, you know, for Jack Wright fans, I think it's one of the the better shots that we'll remember here over the last few years. Uh, it was just sensational, and ultimately, though the Jackrabbits did fall short, uh, losing to Villanova in overtime, so they didn't get a chance to play Notre Dame. Villanova would lose to Notre Dame uh, in the next round, and they, they actually got blown out. So, tough to say what the women would have done, but it would have just been nice uh, had they won. Again, they lose 81-74, so both teams give up 81 points. Oh, so close. Men score 73, the women score 74. So that's that's tough here, but uh, let's just go with some of the more of the themes here on the on the basketball year. Uh, Macy Miller, Ellie Thompson were uh, named to the Summit League All Academic Team, so that's very good for them. Uh, congratulations to those two ladies. Ellie Thompson, a senior, she will not be back. But the Jackrabbits, you know, Maya Sellen played really well down the stretch. I really like uh, Irwin, the freshman from Wapaton. She's great. Uh, they're going to, I mean, they just reload. So there's no reason to think that there's going to be a drop-off there at all. As for uh, the men, Reed Tellinghuis is named to the Academic All-Summit League team. By the way, he is participating in the inaugural 3-on-3 tournament that the NCAA is doing for seniors down in San Antonio. So um, we'll see how he does there. Mike Dom was a honorable mention All-American. He's also named Lou Henson All-American. So the accolades keep coming for Mike Dom, uh, which is great to see. But ultimately, it was, disa- again, great to see the both the Jackrabbit teams in the NCAA tournament, but uh, disappointing that neither one of them could pull off a win. We'll see if that can change next year, see if the fortunes change. But looking forward to next year, again, assuming Dom comes back for the men, they're going to be a great team to watch. Jenkins Jr. in his second year. And then the women, again, they're just great. They're great. And apart from USD, no one's going to stop them. You know, apologies to J.D. Gravina and the Western Illinois Leathernecks, but they, I mean, they're just not going to do anything against them. You know, Brittany Lang in Omaha. Just, it isn't going to happen. So, SDSU, I believe both the men and the women will repeat next year, but we have to wait and see. Some things can always happen, injury, whatnot. But, uh, We'll certainly see what happens there. So basketball season is done. We'll have a few more thoughts on that on the season with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader when he joins us here momentarily. And then uh, it wasn't all, I mean, yeah, losses in the NCAA tournament are bad, but let's talk about a national championship, and that's what Seth Gross uh, SDSU wrestling team did there at the NCAA wrestling tournament in Cleveland, Ohio. Absolutely phenomenal stuff there from Gross. He wins a national title, uh, you know, national champion, and he was uh, named the Big 12 Conference Wrestler of the Year. Uh, won in the 133-pound t- title 
in Cleveland. Uh, 29-1 overall. Absolutely great stuff there. Overall, SDSU had a very good showing at the NCAA uh, tournament there. The, the unfortunate news, though, is because of the success that sometimes these coaches are highly sought after. That's what happened with Chris Bono. He is leaving now for Wisconsin. So that does put a, a slight damper on things. But the way this wrestling program is going, and Seth Gross is putting SDSU Wrestling on the map, if it wasn't on the map already, with what Bono was doing. But, um, you know, between Seth Gross and uh, Nate Rodert winning individual titles in the Big 12 Conference, I mean, SDSU was great this year in wrestling. And Seth Gross to have him be a uh, you know representative now of this program, being a national champion, it's uh it's really something uh, to behold. So it's, uh, congratulations to Seth Gross on an absolutely phenomenal uh, run this season. He's only a junior, so hopefully he can defend his title and crown next year. But uh, it'll be tough, tough sledding because programs are going to go after him. Uh, you know, they'll send their best wrestlers out there in the 133-pound title field. It's going to be difficult. Uh, that's assuming Seth stays there. I imagine he would. But regardless, uh, congratulations to Seth Gross. An amazing run there. As far as, you know, SDSU updates concerned, really don't have much there for you. Baseball and softball are going on. Track and field. All sorts of stuff. Golf is uh, is gearing up here. They They're in the middle of their season, so... Or just about anyway. Yeah, no, they're in the middle of their season. So uh, go to gojacks.com. A lot of good, hardworking people at the sports information department keeping you up to date on the latest regarding Jackrabbit Athletics. So game recaps, schedules, everything you could ask for there. Um, gojacks.com has it. Uh, tickets are going out here for basketball already. I think wrestling's got some tickets going out. So lots going on here. But again, this is kind of the overall central recap. Don't know if, again, we'll be talking SDSU sports next year, you know, especially when football comes around. Um, but in terms of uh, the overall podcast that we might be putting into it, we will see. The sports Block podcast, of course, will continue. Uh, this is just the, the sister podcast to the Sports Block podcast. But uh, so overall, Great seasons for the men's and women's basketball team. Excellent for the wrestling squad. Uh, really putting SDSU Wrestling on the map. We'll see what that can do. Not only to the wrestling program, I think it can only pay huge dividends for them, and they will continue to get some very high-quality wrestlers to come to South Dakota State, to come to Brookings. But we'll see. Highly unlikely that this does anything for the athletic department, but I will uh, certainly ask that question to Matt Zimmer here because you never know, know when there's a national champion. Like, does it give the school any additional recognition at all? I mean, wrestling is not a high revenue sport for most schools, if any school. So it's not like a, a win, not like what Loyola Chicago is doing in the in the Final Four with how they've raised their profile. Or UMBC, the 16 seed, taking down Virginia one seed. Uh, a wrestling national title is not going to do that national champion, but um, it can certainly help the wrestling program, and in return, that'll help SDSU athletics overall. So, very good there. Uh, um, so, excellent job. Uh, well, excellent job by Seth Gross. 
and of course the men's and women's basketball teams as well, and the wrestling team as well. And uh, we wish Chris Bono the best. We'll see who South Dakota State goes after now that Bono has left for Wisconsin. Coming up next, though, we'll get Matt Zimmer's thoughts on the the men's loss in Boise, women's loss in South Bend to Villanova wrestling and maybe a few other thoughts as well that's on this week's edition of the sports block podcast SEC jackrabbit edition which can be found available on itunes just search the sports block um and then also follow me on twitter at nd stacken and on facebook nathan stacken i have a link posted to the podcast middle to later part of the week per usual again coming up next matt zimmer argus leader basketball talk wrestling talk so much more here that's on the this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, pleased to be joined by Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, Nate. How are you? Good, good. You know, the seasons are done essentially now. You know, uh, you know, Finally. Yeah, so you get a little time hopefully here to relax, but just wanted to get you on to kind of reflect on both the uh, men's and women's basketball teams in their uh you know in the NCAA tournament then get some thoughts on wrestling. So you were in Boise for the men's game against Ohio State. Uh a game that the Jacks certainly felt like they could win a barrage of three-pointers from uh, Ohio State early on. Did that catch the Jackrabbits a little off guard Ohio State making as many threes as they did early on? Uh I don't think it caught them off guard because they kind of put them in a situation where they dared them to do that you know i mean mm-hmm. they they were pretty set on clogging up the middle and and forcing them to shoot jump shots it was kind of a uh pick your poison sort of thing and that was the poison they picked and to ohio state's credit uh they made a bunch of those shots and uh you know it could have got away from them i thought they did a good job of adjusting and staying in the game uh but i think you're right to kind of uh i, I guess focus on that at least early on, early on. I mean, people will kind of look at the end of the game, you know, when the Jacks came back, tied it up, mm-hmm. and then let it get away from them in the last minute or so. But I, I think you make a, a good point in just that early on, they kind of put some hay in the barn, so to speak, uh, was making a bunch of those three-pointers when the Jacks were basically daring them to do that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, David Jenkins Jr., he was great early on. And I thought Brandon Key, I, I think, easily... Uh, said, I mean, that's his, the best game he's played all year. Uh, hopefully, is that a sign of things to come that we can expect from him? I don't think so, uh, <laughs> because so many of those shots were lucky. You know, yeah. I mean, he, I think he was what four for six for three on yeah. three pointers, yep. and he came into the game like eight for fifty or something. And uh, you know, one of them was off glass. Uh, another one, he didn't even really get a look at the basket. He just threw it up, and it went in. I mean, credit to the guy. Like you said, he played great on a national stage. Um, I think that will be really good for his confidence going into next year. And not just that game. He played really well down the stretch after mm-hmm. kind of having to to earn his spot. Well, the guy for the Cubs just let off the season with a home run. That's there awesome. You, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. For, for, no, but, first game but, of the year, and it's a, it's a home I, I run. Think it was, I think it was the first pitch of the season, I think. But. Well, I think that's just a sign of things to come for the Marlins season. Yeah, probably. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I don't think Brandon Key is suddenly next year going to start, you know, knocking down a bunch of three-pointers all the time, but that was big for him. I mean, he, like I said, finally seemed to sort of accept his role or um, take to the role, I guess. So uh, that's big for them. I mean, obviously, they don't, no disrespect to Reed Tellinghusen, but they don't lose a, a ton, at least as far as, 
you know, irreplaceable um, personnel next year. So right. I think, you know, it, it, they're sick of losing in the first round. Yep. Uh, th- this was a game that they felt like they could have won. I'm not saying they should have won. I mean, Ohio State was ranked like 16th in the country. Yep. Uh, but it, w- it was kind of tough for them, feeling like they had a shot and they let it get away from them at the end. But assuming everyone comes back, and I think you know who I'm talking about yep. there, um, I think they should be in really good shape next year. And, and they can uh, build off that loss, even though you know they're, they're kind of tired of those quote-unquote moral victories right we'll get to that uh, fellow here in just a second but uh you know the 16-0 run in the second half that really didn't help SDSU I mean that got them in a hole they did come back and tie it at 70 though and then right after that when they tied it up at 70 I thought SDSU's got all the momentum they're gonna win and then a three-point shot goes and the foul I think it was on what Bates Diop or Bates Diop made the three and it just after that. No, it was uh, the oh. other guy. I can't think of his name. Uh, it was that guard. He had both of them at the end, the four-point play, and then he mm. got fouled on the three on the next one and made all three free throws. Uh, of Cam uh, Williams, I think. I'm, yes, that's yeah. right. That's yep. right. He scored all seven of those points. Um, you know, when they tied it, I kind of thought, you know, I think they're going to do this. You know, yep. I, I think they're just sort of due, and, uh, you know, this is their time. They're going to find a way to win. And it was, I, you know, that was a really deflating way for, for it to end. I mean, they kind of uh, crapped their pants there at the yeah. end. And that, that that's the kind of thing. It's one thing if Ohio State just made some great plays or whatever, you know. But um, that, the, the, I, I think that that's probably part of what makes it sting so much is it felt like the Jacks sort of gave it to them there in the last minute right after they'd tied the game. Um, but, you know, I, I think at least one of the fouls was on David Jenkins. They both might have been on him. I, I don't quite remember. Uh, that's, you know, that's one of the risks when you – uh, entrust an important role to a young player, and that'll be a learning experience for him. But um, you know that that's going to be a tough pill for them to swallow over the off season. Anytime they think about that game. Yep, and you mentioned that. I mean, they've been here time and time again, and they don't just like getting to the NCAA tournament. They expect or they want to win. They kind of expect to win. So, I mean, assuming, and you know what happens when we assume sometimes. But assuming Mike Dom comes back, first off, do you think he will? I believe he will. Uh, I mean, there are those out there that say, you know, he's got nothing else left to prove. This is like some of like the highest ceiling that he possibly has to for getting to the NBA and getting drafted. But I think he will be back because I think he realizes there's some unfinished business and probably wouldn't mind scoring 3,000 points in his career. Do you believe he'll be back as well? I'll be very surprised if he's not. And, and if he is, um, it's because something has changed in the last couple of weeks or months to where the NBA is suddenly viewing him very differently. Uh, right now, he's not on any NBA draft boards, uh, not even in the second round. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to come out early to be a second-round pick, let alone if you're not you know, projected to be drafted at all. Uh, I mean, I could certainly be proved wrong, and you, know, you never know what's going to happen. But every indication I've been given uh, from T.J. Otzelberger, from Mike Dom, from Michelle Dom, is that uh, grad transferring is not really – not an option, not something he's seriously considering. Uh, so if that's the case, if we take him at his word there and what everyone else seems to believe, then his two options are returning to SDSU or going pro. Uh, and again, who's going to go pro when, as of right now, there are no indications that anyone is going to draft you? Does that surprise um, you at all that he wouldn't be on any draft boards? Yes and no. Um, I mean, you know, the Ohio State game is a good example. I mean, he... He looked like a dude that day, and that and that was, I think, really big for him because, you know, last year against Gonzaga, he didn't play really well. 
And you kind of walked away from that going, oh, geez, you know, he's still got some work to do. Mm-hmm. In this game against a Big Ten team, a good Big Ten team, he looked, you know, electric looked at part. times. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, it was like, wow, this guy is a dude. And he did it on a national stage. Um, but, you know, I talked to some scouts at the Summer League Tournament. They were pretty cool on him. Uh, TJ Otzelberger has a lot of NBA contacts. And he says right now they're still kind of lukewarm on him. Uh, part of the problem, one thing TJ told me was, uh, the stretch four, which just a couple of years ago was a, a big part of NBA uh, roster construction, mm-hmm. is already kind of being phased out a little bit. Teams are kind of moving away from the stretch four. Uh, that doesn't mean that they get, someone isn't going to take a chance on a guy who's 6'10 and can shoot 50% from three-point range. Um, but I just think right now, Mike isn't yet an NBA player. And, and we sometimes maybe don't quite get that because of how good he is relative to the Summit League. Well, the Summit League isn't the Big Ten. It isn't the ACC. Right. You know, there's a lot of guys in the Big Ten who are Mike's size, who are similar skill set, who are probably averaging, you know, 12 points and six rebounds a game in the Big Ten. Well, those guys don't have everyone going, oh, are they going pro early? Is he going to play in the NBA? So, you know, you have to take Mike's accomplishments with somewhat of a grain of salt because of the competition that he's playing against. So uh, I, I think if he doesn't understand that yet, and I think he does, but if he doesn't yet, I think he's going to get there, and I think he's going to come to the realization that, okay, uh, i got to go back to SDSU, not just for the unfinished business and all that, which is definitely part of it, um, but also to, to, to try to do whatever it is he can still do to get to where he is an NBA player, potentially right. a first-round draft pick. Uh, because, like I said, he's he's just not there yet, and I think um, everyone around him is is kind of starting to understand that and trying to get him to understand that. And like and like I said, I think he does understand that, so I think he's going to be back. That would be great news for Jackrabbit fans. We'd love to see him be there for four years and for the Jackrabbits to make it to the NCAA tournament all four of those years. One thing that I think might help is the fact that Craig Smith is no longer the head coach at USD. He's now at uh, Utah State. I was a little surprised that when when he didn't get named the head coach at Colorado State because of the ties, I was a little surprised that he ended up being the Utah State head coach. Were you surprised by that at all? No, I would have been surprised if Craig came back to USD this year. Okay. Uh, every indication that we had was that um, he felt like it was time. And that's not to say that he like desperately wanted out of Vermillion. I know there's some USD fans that are a little sore right now, and that's understandable. Um, but, you know, SDSU is going to be loaded again next year. And mm-hmm. if, if the, assuming they win it next year again, you know, how many years of USD coming up short you know, does that start to make it harder for Craig to get another job to where he ends up getting stuck there potentially? Uh, what's interesting to me is I don't know if did Colorado State choose not to offer him the job and that so then Utah State became his second choice. That seems the most likely to me. I don't think he would have turned down Colorado State. Uh, but maybe, I knew Utah State uh, was in the picture before he had before Colorado State had, had made their decision. So maybe he thought that was a more favorable job, too. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but either way, it, it seemed pretty apparent uh, that he this was his – I mean, and I think you were at the press conference when uh, after the Summer League Tournament mm-hmm. Championship game. Craig's remarks at the end of that tournament very much, to me, felt like a goodbye. 
Uh, and, and everyone in the room, when he got up and walked out, kind of looked around and said the same thing. So, uh, I, like I said, I would have been more surprised if he came back what, if he left. What does this do then to USD? I know you uh, are far more into it with the with the SDSU program, but, I mean, like for the Matt Mooney's and, and all those guys, what does that do for this team? Where could they put – or where will they go from here, do you think? Uh, well, you know, you never want to rush to hire a new coach – uh, but you don't want to wait around too long either because if they want to keep those guys there, uh, they got to get somebody in there that can convince them to stay. Uh, that was, we saw that with SDSU when Scott Nagy left. Uh, there were all sorts of rumors about, is Mike Dom going to leave? Uh, and then they bring in a guy like TJ Otzelberger, who I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that he quickly won them over because he's, you know, a more personable guy than Scott Nagy, frankly. That'll mm-hmm. be a little more difficult in this case because I think Craig Smith was extremely well liked. Um, I think there's a good chance that Matt Mooney and maybe a couple other guys could leave. I don't know. I mean, uh, if if Mike Dom was in this situation right now where he had the option to grad transfer and TJ Otzelberger was leaving, would would Mike be more likely to grad transfer? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I I think the same thing applies here. I'm not saying he's going to go, but I won't be surprised at all if he does and. You know, if if that happens, that's a, a huge blow for USD, and and their fans will really be uh, hurt over yeah. that. Uh, but but it's it's not the end of the world. I mean, these this is the reality of mid major basketball. You can't make decisions based on oh we got to keep this guy or make this guy happy. If if Matt Mooney leaves or anybody else leaves, you know then that means the new coach probably has to start over a little bit. It becomes more of a rebuilding project than a, an attempt to compete with SCSU next year. Uh, but I think when you see uh, what David Herbster's done there, uh, from you know Amy Williams to Don Plitzewhite to Craig Smith to you know Joe Glenn and Bob Nielsen, uh, they, they haven't swung and missed on too many of their hires over there. So I would expect uh, whoever takes over, whether he's able to convince Matt Mooney to stay or not, I, I think he'll keep that program in pretty good shape. Absolutely, I agree with you there. Uh, the SDSU women beat USD in the Summit League Championship game, and then. I, I don't know about you, but when I saw that eight seed come up for them in the women's selection show, I was like, you know what, this is you always like it when SDSU can get that high seed, but to have to play Notre Dame potentially in that second round and it, it just seemed like they got a little bit of a unfair draw. I don't know, that's just my personal opinion. What did you think about that when, when well, you saw the seed? I mean I I don't think you want to say unfair because then it's almost like you're you're complaining about being given the respect that you've been right. saying yep. you deserve all along. And, and I think they were happy to be an eight. Uh, it, you know, I'd had a lot of people say to me in the weeks leading up to, well, as long as we're not putting that eight, nine game, cause then you have to play a number one seed. Well, if you get put in the seven, 10 bracket, then you have to play a two seed. Right. I mean, it's not like there's a huge difference there because I mean, let's face it with women's basketball, there's UConn and then there's everybody else. Yes. So, I mean, whether you play UConn, it doesn't matter. They, they were going to have to play a difficult team in the second round anyway. And it became, you know, and ironically, they didn't even end up getting there. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not so sure that, you know, they're not going to admit to it. But I, it's, it's hard not to guess that part of the reason they didn't get it done in the first round is maybe they were looking ahead to Notre Dame. You know, I, Villanova turned out to be a pretty good team. Not right. that that's a huge surprise. I mean, they're a Big East school with a good tradition and a coach who'd been there for a thousand years. But just watching the game on TV because I wasn't there, um, it, it looked to me like like vanilla or vanilla Villanova was maybe a little bit better than the Jacks expected, and it took them too long uh, to to adjust to catch up. And by the time they finally did at the end of the game, 
uh, it was too late. Well, in any time, too, an opposing team gets out to as hot a start as Villanova did from outside and you know knocking down as many threes as they did, it is going to take a lot to catch up. Uh, that Madison Giebert shot, though, unbelievable for that to for that to drop. That's got to be, you know, they, they lost, but I think that's a shot that a lot of Jacks fans will remember for quite some time. Will they? I kind of wonder. Me, <laughs> the I, fact that they lost, they kind of you know. Because I'm sure you thought the same thing I did when it goes when it goes in. It's like okay, now they're going to win. Yep. You know, you get you get the dramatic buzzer beater at the end. And Madison Giebert's the kind of player. I mean, even though I know she banked it in, the minute she caught it, I was kind of like, this shot's going in. She's going to make this. Yep. And she did. And you're kind of like, okay, you know, they survived. They they overcame. You know, the the rough start. Now they're into overtime. They're going to dominate overtime and and look get to go play Notre Dame and and again um, I, I don't know if they thought that same thing and got caught on their heels in overtime or what but um, just you know disappointing finish for them because I think after they knocked off USD in the tournament especially the way they did it winning that game pretty comfortably uh, it kind of gave you a sense that whoa this team kind of has its mojo back and uh, you know is is really looking forward to doing something you know they're mm-hmm. they're a driven team and uh, to see them go one and done is kind of disappointing i didn't expect to see that yeah agreed and i you know i think you we want to see if this team has that capability and i think they do of reaching the sweet 16 uh, certainly could do it next year macy miller is going to be a senior there but obviously you lose some people like ellie thompson but this team is going to be loaded and the prohibitive favorite i would think next year them along with usd yeah, I think so. Ellie um, Thompson is a good player who, especially down the stretch, played well. Um, but, you know, she, all year long she was kind of fighting mismatches because she's just not built to be a five, and she did a great job handling it. That's going to be the big question for me uh, with this team going forward. I, you know, th- they'll be the favorite in the Summit League next year, I think. Um, but the question is, you know, they, they don't have – I think the reason – a couple of years ago, they came so close to that Sweet 16 berth. Was you know they had a real legit Division One five in Clarissa Ober. You know, someone who could defend the rim, someone who can rebound and shoot over other bigs. I mean, you see it in this region, not just in Division One basketball. I remember a couple of years ago uh, when Augustana's women made it to the Final Four. Uh, they knocked off the number one team in the nation because that team wasn't real big. They were a guard heavy team that liked to run. Then in the national championship game, they went up against this, this team that had a bunch of six four, six five transfers from the SEC, and they got absolutely obliterated. They just didn't have the size. They literally couldn't shoot over players like that. And uh, that's the same kind of thing the Jacks occasionally will run into when they go up against these power five teams. They're going to mm-hmm. have centers that are six four, six five. Remember a couple of years ago, Oregon State they had six six, six five, six four. And, you know, the Jacks, it was a miracle they, they stayed in that game as long as they did, but ultimately they couldn't keep up. And that's something, you know, they've got some, some really good incoming recruits right now, but most of them are in the six foot, six one range. I really would like to see this team, uh, find a way to either develop or whether it's maybe a transfer or something. I still think they need a real legit five, uh, to give them a, an opportunity to go deep into the tournament. It wasn't all bad news, though, on the... Uh, well, it's the good news that they made the NCAA tournament, but there is a national champion amongst the Jackrabbits, and that would be Seth Gross in wrestling. Uh, he wins uh, in the NCAA wrestling tournament there. 
It's a huge deal for SDSU. I mean, the, the wrestling program is obviously taking off. I'll get to the Chris uh, Bono thing here in, in just a second. But what does this do for SDSU? I'll say nationally on the wrestling scale, but also does this have any big impact on athletics going forward there? I think it's a pretty, I think it's kind of limited to the wrestling uh, scope, I guess. I mean, I don't know how many people who are just sort of general sports fans are watching, um, you know, the wrestling championships and then paying attention to which schools are there and, and that kind of thing. I could be wrong. Um, but I, I think it's definitely a big deal on just the wrestling side of it because they've obviously already started to make some inroads as far as becoming a nationally known program. Um, just with, you know, being nationally ranked, being in the Big 12, getting some national qualifiers the last couple of years. Uh, and, you know, Chris Bono, or not Chris Bono, Seth Gross was in the national championship anyway, so he was on national TV whether he won or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I think the fact that he got it done and we'll have a chance to come back and do it again next year um, is, is certainly, it becomes doubly important because of the fact that Chris Bono left. Yep. Because now, you know, they, they have to bring in a new coach, they have to bring in, uh, well, re- not only bring in new recruits, but you know, probably lock down the ones that they have. Yep. Um, but I think Seth Gross winning that national championship shows uh, young wrestlers or, or other college, a- anyone who's interested in wrestling, basically, mm-hmm. uh, that South Dakota State is a destination. And that's a big deal, and that's going to help them when they hire their next coach. Right, and Chris Bono did leave for Wisconsin. How big of a loss will this be? What will... I mean, we don't know the impact that it will, that he'll have left at this stage. But what do you expect? You know, how do you? Who do you think could be the next uh, coach? What uh, What do you expect the wrestling program to be like going forward? Well, I think to a large degree, Chris Bono will be impossible to replace. Mm-hmm. Um, just from what he brought from uh, the energy, the social media presence, the marketing, all that side of it. There's not a lot of people who want to do that. You know, a lot of coaches are just like, just let me coach. You know, it, it's difficult to, to ask someone to do everything that Chris did. Now, the good news is they don't necessarily need the next guy to be Chris Bono because what Chris Bono did was necessary to lay the foundation. Yep. Well, now that foundation has been laid. So you don't necessarily need this next person to come in and jump through all the same hoops, stand on his head the way that Chris did to kind of sell this program. He he kind of got it over the hump. He did the, the, the heavy lifting. Now someone else can come in and try to build on that. So so that's encouraging. That helps if you're SDSU. Uh, because like I said, I don't think you can replace this guy. That's why he's right. going to Wisconsin. Uh, as, as far as who they get to replace him, I don't know. Um, you know, a very obvious candidate is Steve Costanzo, who's been at St. Cloud State for about 10 years. They've won three of the last four national championships. They're they haven't lost a conference duel in like eight years. I mean, his resume is amazing. Uh, at the same time, it's Division Two, and he's a guy in his mid to late forties. That might not be what they're looking for. Uh, they might be looking for a, a John Reeder type, you know, a young, energetic assistant, a guy who still competes or is, you know, only a little bit removed from having been a competitor. If that's the case, you know, maybe it's someone like. Uh, Brian um, Snyder at Nebraska or Mike Zadick at Iowa State. I, I, you know, I don't know what, exactly what Justin Sell is looking for. Uh, I do know that there's going to be a lot of really good applicants. I was told just recently some of the people who applied for the job when Bono got it, and I was blown away that 
at some of the names. Some of the, some of the guys that didn't get that job are now head coaches elsewhere in college wrestling in Division One. So there's little reason to think that they're not going to land a, a very accomplished coach here. Yeah, and I don't think, again, it can't be uh, overstated just what Bono did in terms of getting this program, like you say, over the hump. It, I mean, six years, six years ago, seven years ago, to think we'd ever be talking about wrestling on his biggest stage and in the Big 12 and doing what they're doing, I I think to most SDSU fans, they probably wouldn't have believed it. But it's great that uh, great that wrestling is where it's at. I'll get you out of here on this. Um, always appreciate the time, but it's opening day. It, baseball's here. You're very excited. What are your thoughts on the Twins? I'm optimistic. Um, you know, the, the Jorge Polanco thing was certainly disappointing. Um, but I think the fact that Miguel Sano, for better or worse, did not get suspended makes that a little bit more survivable. Mm-hmm. I was I was kind of under the impression that Sano would be sitting out for a while, which would mean Escobar had to play third, which would you know leave a hole at short. But if Sano's healthy and ready to go and out of trouble, he can play third. Escobar can play short. They should be able to weather that storm. Um, and then you know this is an 85 win team that had probably the best offseason of anybody in in baseball. I mean they added two mid to front of the rotation guys Mm -hmm. they added added three legitimately plus relievers they added a guy who hit 38 home runs i mean geez 10 years ago if you wanted to sign a free agent coming off a 38 homer season you had to pay 15 million bucks a year right they got this guy for six i mean it's crazy so i mean they they probably overachieved to some degree last year so Mm -hmm. they needed to go out and and make some moves because i don't think the same team would have won 85 games again but when you look at the fact that they play so many games in the American League Central and Kansas City, Chicago, and Detroit are all basically uh, rebuilding. Detroit's a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. they all, Well, and now Kansas City, their best player, gets hurt carrying his luggage up the stairs. So, <laughs> you know, they're not in any better shape either. So, you know, Cleveland's loaded. Yep. And that's going to be really difficult. I think Cleveland's going to win the division. And I don't think... I think they'll win the division probably by anywhere from five to ten games. But that doesn't necessarily... I mean, they're going to be a 100-win team probably. The Twins can be a 90-win team, get into that wild-card spot, hopefully push Cleveland for the division title, and uh, then, you know, knock on wood, let's just hope they avoid the Yankees in the first round of the playoffs. Baseball has the craziest injuries to me, and I think, you know, the Red Sox are going to get a wild-card, so I really think it, it comes down to the Twins and the Angels. Uh, you know, with Mike Trout healthy for a full year. I, I just think that it's going to be those two, but I think the Twins have a better overall team. And I agree with you. I think they're a playoff team this year. But um, Mariners, too. I yep. think they've got a shot. But I agree with you. I think Boston's, you can pencil in, or New York, whichever one of those teams does right. win the East, is going to get the other one wild card. And then, yeah, I think it probably comes down to the Twins, Mariners, and Angels for the other one. Matt, I always appreciate the time. Thank you for everything that you've done here during the football and basketball season. Uh, Enjoy the time off. Enjoy the baseball, and I'm sure I'll talk with you sometime here in the near future. Thank you, Matt. You bet, Nate. See ya. Matt Zimmer, Argus leader. Appreciate his time and perspective. As always, great stuff there. Uh, Hit on a number of topics. Basketball season done. Both men and women. We'll see where we go from here. Optimistic that Mike Dom's returning. I agree. Uh, But uh, it's... Never know what will happen with Craig Smith here, but it would seem like the Jackrabbits possibly have this game, uh, this, uh, not going to say lockdown, but it would be great. Um, But, uh, yeah, that will do it, I believe, for this season here, uh, barring something significant, uh, you know, baseball or softball, really, but I doubt that. But uh, 
Yeah, we we had very few episodes of the Sports Block podcast P and post Noah. Uh, but uh, thank you as always for listening to the Sports Block podcast SDSU Jackrabbit edition. We'll see if we bring it back next year. If not, we'll for sure touch on SDSU related news and topics and have Matt Zimmer on on the regular podcast, the Sports Block podcast. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that. Keep looking forward to it. But um, we'll just see where it happens. We'll reconvene in the fall, at least regarding SDSU sports uh, for football, and hopefully the football team will be good next year. And, of course, basketball. I know it's it just got done. The NCAA tournament isn't done yet. Final Four is in San Antonio, but I'm already looking forward to next year in the college basketball season. You can find this podcast available online on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. Also follow me on Twitter at ND Stacken and on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. I would hope we haven't had a data breach yet on Facebook. That would be great news. But uh, we'll have a link posted, uh, a link to this podcast posted there. Always about the later, the middle later part of the week. But uh, appreciate Matt for coming on. Appreciate you for listening here. Uh, it was a fantastic year uh, for basketball. Would like to see an NCAA tournament win. Hopefully we get it next year. Hopefully we get it with Mike Dom as a senior, David Jenkins, junior, and the like. Uh, and a win for the women as well as Macy Miller goes out. But uh, to all of you who listen, thank you. appreciate the support. And as always, we end this podcast with a go big, go blue, Go Jacks. Talk to you next time. Maybe on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition.